in uh, just before we get started this morning. If for those who were here last week with us and our, our time of really seeking the Lord, our time of seeking Him for revival, I know that there are many people that God moved in their life in a, in a special way, in a powerful way. God spoke to them about things. And just want to encourage you, if that's you, uh, that you might share that. Uh, share it with me. Share, uh, share it with me even to the point where maybe it can be shared with others, testimonies of what God's doing. I know that uh, he is working. He was working in lives. Uh, uh, not that he isn't every Sunday, but last Sunday particularly powerful for many. Um, if you would, let's begin reading where we left off, so to speak, in our series. And we begin in verse 13 of James chapter 4. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Father, we pray as we open up your word, we would open up our hearts, our very lives to hear from you this day. There's parts of this that... I'm not sure even that I can explain in a way to fully break through not only our minds, but the defenses in our hearts about this. So Holy Spirit, move. May your word pierce all the way through. May we receive the hope that you want to give us in this. And in these, what sometimes feels like hopeless or at least helpless times. Move. Beyond anything I could say, you work and move, Jesus. We thank you for that. In your name. So, what are you doing next week? Or how about, what are you doing next month? And beyond. You, you got that figured out? Do you know? If you know, is that exactly what you imagined you would be doing a little over a year ago at this time? COVID and all its connections has changed a lot of things, includes it's changed many plans. It seems like there were certain things that we were certain about, but now, who knows? Some of the plans we had were about getting together with the uh, people that we care about. It's been complicated by quarantine or by someone getting sick with COVID, which has in some cases changed things forever because of people who have died from complications related to COVID-19. Yes, uh, some are quick to point out that, that maybe they were at risk or they had health problems, but that doesn't change the fact that everything has changed for those people. That even death came sooner than it was expected. In all of this, it's not something that we plan for. In general, even beyond COVID, life has gotten complicated and confusing. 
There are plenty of things that have not gone as expected or the way that we thought. Not just different, but difficult. What do we do about all this? That just seems that we can't get control over or is even just out of control. One thing we can do is this, and we see in our passage today. In fact, it's, it's an answer that we rarely think about to the problems that we're facing. As we lay out the question today, understand that whatever, what I'm talking about today, there'll be some things you'll be going like, whoa, but, but, but what about it? Okay, that's next week, part two of this. We'll follow through with it in, in next week. But today, it all boils down in some ways uh, on both parts to... Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. It's a, this boils down right here. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will do this or that. And in fact, today, we're really just going to laser focus in on the very first word. If. If. How do we deal with all the uncertainty? By grasping that in. Oh, I turn this on. That's me, guys. You like the way I've got planning ahead? Some of you probably thought that just messed up. That's supposed to be a little humorous thing. Uh, now, life. What we either don't recognize or don't want to recognize is that life is made up of a big if. Life is made of a big if. That's the way it is here on earth. We don't want to think about it, but our life is iffy. Everything about it, except that we bought into this illusion of control that things are supposed to go as we planned, that there are certain things that we can be certain about, that we can count on. Not true. There is only one that we can count on. And that is the message today. We need to look to the Lord in this life of uncertainty. As we're trying to get across in this today and, and in the next week, we need to look to the Lord in this life of uncertainty. First off, because we are not guaranteed tomorrow will happen. As we go back to our passage here in James, we see in verse 14... Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears today and is gone tomorrow. I don't know if you can see that. You kind of see that? You're a mist that appears today and is gone tomorrow. A fog burned off by the morning sun. Psalm 39, verse 4 and 5, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. I'm telling you, this is a verse that some people need to write down and go over and over. We, and we may know it in our head, but we don't grasp it in our daily life. That none of us are guaranteed another day. 
There are no second chances. Hebrews 9, 27, 9, verse 27, just as people are destined to die once after that to face judgment. We need to make the most of our mist, but there are things that we cannot control, let alone know for sure about, yet God does, including about tomorrow, which is why in Psalm 92, 90, verse 12, we should agree with the psalmist in prayer, teach us. Lord, teach us to number our days. James in verse 13 says, We don't know what can happen tomorrow, let alone the next year or two. I mean, look at verse 13. He's saying, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go in this and that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. You don't know whether it's going to in the next year or two, let alone the next 10 or 20 years. Our life is just a mist. How about that one? Can you see that one better? This one's like a Febreze. You know, some people's life's mist is a little nicer smelling. But it doesn't matter. It's still just a mist. Right? In fact, an example of all this kind of thinking would be in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And Jesus told him this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Ready or not, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow will happen. And we need to look to the Lord. I know that there are those who get disappointed about this kind of talk because, you know, their plans don't include this right now. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to even think about it. I I think for some people, maybe they just got a sweet new gel mattress and they want to have another night in their own bed. I'm not sure what's going on with that. And I, there's a a song, one of the songs I like is, uh, not that it matters what song I like, but uh, it's about... Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house and thousands elsewhere. You've probably heard that we've sung that song. Except I really think the way many Christians live and the way they talk, it would be better really to rewrite this to reflect reality. Better is someday in your courts. Better is someday in your house, just not right now. We're not really looking, we're not really thinking better is one day. It's a someday maybe, you know, we'll get there, but not right now. Right now I'm building my own barns. I'm building my own house. I'm building my own plans. Uh, There are things yet on my bucket list, which by the way, for many, that whole bucket list thing is not God's list thing. We've gotten so attached to this world that we expect certain things are just certainties for us, including life itself. And that's a problem because we cannot know for sure. And yet the solution to our problems is to look to the Lord. It's always been the case. But I think even more so now that there are people who are scared. 
about whether they might lose their life. And not just about COVID, but about from other things. I mean, there's a sense we can accept, okay, it's going to happen someday. I know it's going to happen someday. But there are many anxious today about the uncertainty of how long we have. The unfortunate reality is that it's not until then that we suddenly realize the gift that today is and the opportunity we should be living for God. I've even heard some Christians argue with others that are talking about being scared or, or a little fearful or concerned or whatever. You know, they, they hear these Christians talk to people and, and going into them and saying, well, you don't have to be scared. There's no reason why you should be afraid. That we, The science, they, they would appeal to science or they appeal to statistics, the amount of people that die with this and... And, and, or others would go the other direction and give a false assurance and say, listen, if you just avoid people altogether and if you just do this and just do that, then, then everything will be fine. I'm not saying that we should be foolish and encourage people to jump off the Temple Mount, neither should we be fear-mongering. I am saying that we should be dealing with the real issue that we have real answers for to say to that person who is concerned about this, whether or not you agree is not the point. That's where they're at. Jesus met people where they were at. And to say to the person, I get it. You're scared. You're scared of death or you're scared of dying. And it may be that you should be concerned, at least initially. But you don't have to stay that way. Because we can have an assurance of an everlasting life. You can find hope in Jesus Christ as Savior. But we're so busy in our worldly talk, our worldly infer helpful information. And I say it's worldly because all it's doing is talking about the stuff of this world and ignores the eternal truth and the eternal hope that we have in looking to the Lord. And while we are not guaranteed life here on earth, Tomorrow, we can be guaranteed a life forever that is sure and certain in the midst of this if uncertainty of this life. We can still pray for protection and health and, and, and believe that God will answer our prayers, but eventually the time will come where we do not live forever on this earth in this earthly body. In verse 14 why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes you know we have this you got to realize this does not have to be some harsh reality this does not have to be something bad. If we are believers in Christ, if we do not wake up tomorrow here, we will wake up there in heaven and still very much alive. 2 Corinthians 5 says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And sometimes people say that the end of this life is just the beginning of the next. And there's... I suppose there's some truth in that, but the real truth, the reality is, 
When we received new life in Christ Jesus, when we stepped across that line, we went from death to life. In that moment, eternal life began then. And we don't always think about that. We think, I got this life, and then I'll begin eternal life. Are you with me? No. We've already begun eternal life. It's already happening right now. But unfortunately, Christians end up holding off on living a life that is eternal until this physical body dies. We're already in it. We have eternal life. Not something we will get. It's what we have. It is what we're living. It is why we should live. We should look to the Lord in the midst of all the uncertainty to begin living our heavenly life now. And, and, and just that, you could spend the whole next week just thinking about what that means. To begin living our heavenly life now, our plans, our decisions should be based on the real life, the only life that will last, that is not based on the iffy earthly living. Don't misunderstand as well those, or listen to those with wrong theology that say different. We will all, every human being will live forever. The question is not whether there is life beyond here. The question is where you will live that life beyond here, heaven or hell. And while there are many who, when they're young, put off making such decisions, God is trying to tell us here in this passage that life is short and we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Yet for those who know Christ Jesus in a real relationship, trust him alone for their salvation. Do not let the devil bring dread over that which is good when it's in God's timing and not ours. Hebrews chapter 2. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Not have to fear. Jesus has broken that. Yes, death can be sad, but it does not have to be bad. We know that the time is coming, but that God will provide a way of hope. Unfortunately, there are those who have no hope for tomorrow, which doesn't exactly give you hope for today either. There are those people who have not heard of Jesus, but there are those people who are sitting in churches all over, even some that are going to be watching on live stream, that do not have the hope. And when I'm talking about the hope, it's not, I really hope I get to go to heaven. I really hope God forgives me. I, uh, I, in a sense, what they're saying is they've got a wishful thinking, but I'm not 100% sure that I'm going. And yet, what the Bible talks about is that we can have a hope that is 100%. That we can have a hope that will happen without a doubt. First John chapter 5, verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. For those here, and I'm not thinking in any way or assuming. I know exactly the state of your soul and where you're at and what you're thinking about. 
but we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And in fact, 2 Corinthians 6 says, Today is the day of salvation. To turn our life over to the one who holds our future and holds our today. To surrender, to follow Jesus, find forgiveness, and receive new life. We cannot change the uncertainty of this life, but we can affect the certainty of the next life for ourselves and for others. And we need to tell others that and talk to others about that. In fact, I, I'm just going to have a stop and pray. You know, this is, by the way, this is only the end of the first point, not the end of the message. But just to illustrate the necessity to think about the timing is to stop in the middle of the message and just pray for those who may not be sure about this. For some people, you've not stepped across that line. You've not received the gift of eternal life. For others, you have not realized the hope that Jesus says, I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. John six forty seven. Let's pray. Father, I just pray if there's anyone here today needs to know that certainty. We don't know about tomorrow for certain, but we can know for certain that we will be with you no matter what happens. And so, for those today, if there's any here now, help them just to turn their hearts to you. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I know I've sinned. I know I've done wrong. I know I am a sinner. And I need you to be my Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. And give me that place that you have made for me and that forever home with you. I surrender to you, Jesus, my whole life. And I receive eternal life from you from this point on forever. Thank you, Jesus. We need to look to the Lord in this life of uncertainty because we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but here's the thing. We also need to do it because we are not guaranteed what will happen tomorrow. When you look at verse 13 here, in our passage in James 4, you see how they specifically plan things out. Who is to do this? When they're going to do this? What? Why? All those kind of things. The way it's going to go. But God said, whoa, not so fast. Now, obviously, as I said, there's more to this that will impact next week about God's will versus ours. But for now, as I saying, our life is a vapor, is a mist that affects not just whether we think tomorrow will come, but how Today will go. Right? It's ironic. We actually get the fact that tomorrow's not guaranteed. It's just a mist. We get that. 
that our future here on earth is uncertain. But for some reason, we think today is different. We think today has certainty over it. Yesterday, today was tomorrow. I'm just messing with you. I mean, that's true, but I, I, I want you to think about it. Today is a mist. What happens today, we think is something we can have certainty about, including our plans. Are we catching the wrong reasoning? Here's what, and I don't know that, somehow I don't understand why we don't get this. We know that we do not have control about whether tomorrow will happen, but for some reason we think we have control over what will happen today. I'm going to repeat that. And and this is what I'm saying. God has to, I hope this is clear to you. We We know that we do not have control about whether tomorrow will happen, but for some reason we think we have control over what will happen today. Whether we're going to do this or that or where and when and why and what, there's some certainty, we think. There's some stability in what happens. Is there? Proverbs 27.1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring, which includes today. You don't know what it's going to bring. While this is not true for everyone, there are many, especially in the United States, who in the past have been lulled into a false sense of security and stability because of the predictability of their life. I I know we say, well, things go haywire for me, but not really. I mean, there are things that we just feel like are under control. And we expect things to go a certain way, that there are certain things that we deserve or that have always happened. And therefore, we get upset when things don't go as we plan because that's not the way things work or do they. Because many people all over the world live every day in complete uncertainty. Not just of the next moment of whether they're going to live, but where the next food is coming from, where the next all kinds of things. Most things of life are unpredictable and out of control. Do we really get that life here is messy, iffy at best? Yes, there are things that we're hoping to do. There are things that we're looking forward to that in a sense is not guaranteed to happen. All the best laid plans of men can fall apart. But if God is in charge of our plans, then when things change... When things change from what we had wanted, from what we had thought should happen, from what we thought we had control, when things change, it shouldn't make us fall apart. Even if all those things are falling apart. Because we look to the Lord. Nothing is guaranteed in this life except Christ and what He has promised us. Verse 15 says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If it is the Lord's will, only God's plans will prevail. Everything else, as as important as it may seem to us in that moment, everything else is either not eternal, not an eternal matter, 
or it is something that God is still working on and that we need to trust Him with. But we lose sight of this when our hope, our peace, our stability is determined by how things are going on in our life around us and whether they're changing, whether those things that we thought we had control over now are just going all over the place and and we're getting upset and we get anxious. In fact, how much the things that just are not going the way we think or not going right as we would say it, how much this affects us shows the reality of how little hope and peace we actually have rooted in Jesus Christ. Think about it. When our life suddenly runs into a hurricane, a storm of life spinning everything around us, how many of us are continue struggling, never finding peace? I'm not saying that we don't struggle at first, but never really finding peace in the eye of the storm because either we're trying to deny there is a storm or we're trying to stop the hurricane ourselves. I'm going to get this all under control. We end up raging the storm or raging at God who made it very clear to us. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Here's some certainty. There's two things we can pick out. I mean, there's more than two that we can pick out, but I'm just going to pick out two certain things of this life. And one is... We can have peace. The second is we will have tribulation. Things are not going to go as planned. Things are not going to be in control by us. Who are we looking to then? One thing that we can be certain about is uncertainty in this life. The iffy, the if in the middle of life. We may not like it, we may not want to accept it, but until we do, life is just going to be a struggle, more of a struggle than it needs to be, when at times even we are really struggling against God and His plans. Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And there's another point here. Sometimes God allows things to fall apart and go haywire in our life to remind us not only of where our help comes from, the maker of heaven and earth, but to remind us to not be so connected to this world that we're upset about the things that don't or do not happen in this world that is not our home. Philippians 3, verse 20 and 21 starts out, but our citizenship is in where? Heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will, they will be like His glorious body. In many ways, perhaps what we've done is built our house, or at least part of our house, on sinking sand instead of Christ the solid rock. When things change, when things don't go our way or the way that we think that they should, when life is uncertain and we are shook or even knocked down, that's got to be showing us that part of our foundation is not 
on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. And it's time to move the foundations of our life completely under Christ. Look to the Lord in a life of uncertainty. Note in verse 15, which we've been talking about at the, one of the main focus. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will do this or that. It, it's not one of those things some people take. Well, whatever, if it's the Lord's will, then whatever. You know, we just it's the Lord's will or it's not his will. We'll just do nothing. We just leave it up to leave it up to fate. Just go with the flow wherever life leads you. That's the way some people think. Just, you know, it's it's. God's in control, God's whatever, so I just kind of just go with, go with the flow. Except that oftentimes what we're doing is going with the flow of circumstances. Or going with the flow of the world. Or going with the flow of sin. Or going with the flow of Satan. And not walking in the Holy Spirit of God leading us in God's good, pleasing, perfect plan. Just because we can't control everything does not mean there isn't one who does control one who holds it all in the palm of his hands. So that means not all the change of plans, the change that happens in our life, not all of that is negative. Rather, some of it could be a God thing, his plan. Some of this change could be his plan. Even as we talked about last week about this whole COVID and normal and what's normal and all that. I encourage you to go back and look if you missed it. But there are times God brings unplanned divine appointments into our life. There are times that God can direct our path like he did with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch there in Acts chapter 8. And the Spirit led him right out there to that particular place, that spot. And it's like... Why go there? Why do this? Because there was this divine appointment. God had a place to meet someone that wasn't even from right around there and to share the good news with them. He was at the right place at the right time. It was a God thing. It was not something he planned. It was not a part of what was going on. In fact, if you read what was going on, there were some great things happening for Philip. There was great things. God was moving in ministry. That was the place to be. That was the thing God was using him in. And God said, no, go. What? Because this is the way God works. God works with uncertainty. At least the way it looks to us. Perhaps you've experienced that. You've experienced things come across your path. The voice, His voice calling out to you. God putting someone in your heart and the mind. Not just to pray for them but to go pray with them to talk to them there and and do we leave room for these kind of moments in our life or do we make so many plans so many things that we're going to do or what we want to do that we do not leave margin in our lives for the what ifs of god those things that we didn't see yesterday coming we didn't, we didn't even know it was going to be god brings today those ifs of the Lord's will. You know, if it's the Lord's will, it's not something that encourage us to sit back and watch it happen. If it's the Lord's will, in verse 15 it says, if it's the Lord's will, then we will live. We don't sit back. We will live. We will do this. We will do that. If it's in the Lord's will, living God life is not sitting on the couch watching a movie marathon about God 
It is running the marathon race with God. God's will for us is not to sit down and just check out, but to stand up and run the race to the finish line. Like it says in Philippians 3, if the truth is that we are here only a short time compared to eternity, if, as Jesus said in John 9, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. If we can grasp the if of life, the uncertainty of all of this, that we have something to do right now. There are people right here in our life that there is no tomorrow for. We need to go to them. Some people might say, as we talk about this kind of thing, you know what? We just need to live like there's no tomorrow. I kind of understand that, although people use that and it heads them the wrong direction. Living like there's no tomorrow. Maybe it would be better for us to say, go out and live like there is a tomorrow that will never end. Go out, live like there is a tomorrow that will never end for us. A tomorrow that so many people need to know about. Not just in general, but because their tomorrow will not happen. We need to look to the Lord in this life of uncertainty. And many of us may not fully including myself, appreciate the cold weather at times, right? But here's something I want us to think about as the worship team uh, makes their way up here, hopefully. Uh, as the worship team's coming, I, I want us to think about this. As you're outside and you take a breath, what do you see? <sighs> right? It's so cold. Now, that's what we think. Oh, no, we see our breath. We see a mist, Right? So in that misty, let that be a misty reminder. Every time we're outside and we see that, let that be a misty reminder of making the most of our mist, making the most of our day, looking forward to the best day that is to come. And in that moment, when you see your breath, not only think about what we've talked about today, but even just to lift up a prayer, Lord, help me to make a difference today in someone's tomorrow. Lord, help me to make a difference today in someone's tomorrow. Help me to make an impact on eternity. For we are but a mist. Father, help us in this to truly look to you in a life of uncertainty. It does not have to be a bad thing. It should not be something that rocks our world. Instead, we should be firmly upon the rock, you, Jesus. To help us to change the way we're looking at things. To change what we're looking at. And look at you, the one that we can trust. The one who holds today and tomorrow. And everything in between. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.